0: and bienvenidos a todos to a new When in Spain podcast episode. I'm your host, Paul Burge. A very warm welcome, as always. Today is the 31st of October, uh, so Feliz Halloween to you guys, uh, wherever you're listening from around the world, uh, which incidentally... Uh, I believe now at last check is uh, something like 127 countries globally where we have when in Spain listeners. So far and wide uh, which uh, makes me happy. So yeah happy Halloween. This episode is not going to be about Halloween but in case you were wondering uh, if Halloween is a big deal here in Spain well yes and no. It has become a lot more popular I would say during the last five years or so Um, but certainly not as popular as it is back in the UK or nowhere near as popular as it is in the United States. You will see Halloween goodies and paraphernalia on sale in the supermarkets now and you will certainly see groups of kids out with their parents trick-or-treating, dressed up in costumes, so it's it's being adopted gradually. So we're not talking about Halloween, so what are we talking about in this episode of When in Spain? Well, food and coming up an interview with Valentina Raffoni. Uh, Valentina has set up a very successful Facebook group called Eat Out Madrid. It's been going for around three years and uh, has something like, uh, I don't know, six or I think 6,000 members in the group. Well, you'll hear the stat in the interview with Valentina coming up. What is it? Well, it's a platform. It's a group for people to share their favourite places to eat in the Spanish capital and in fact uh, Valentina has recently rolled out an eat out Barcelona as well so there is a Facebook group for Barcelona so we're going to be talking about restaurants In the Spanish capital, right here in Madrid, we're going to be looking at some food trends that Valentina and uh, I myself have spotted here in Madrid. We're also going to be talking about where you can find products that you miss from your home countries. We're also going to be looking at the kind of dining culture, uh, things that we find interesting or curious about eating out in Spain. And also not just about eating out, Valentina also has a group called Eat In Madrid, as in Eat In in your house. And uh, we get talking about uh, where to find products and things that we miss from back home. And Valentina talks about her ambition to open up a British uh, restaurant uh, in Madrid. So. Inevitably, we end up talking about uh, British foods that we miss from back home and the availability of uh, British foods here in the Spanish capital that we find uh, maybe a bit difficult to get hold of. Of course, we touch on uh, Spanish cuisine as well. And we uh, talk a bit about this sort of dining culture, the food culture here in Spain. So that's all coming up. Stay tuned for the interview with Valentina. Uh, Just a quick note to say that if you do enjoy listening to this podcast when in Spain and you'd like to show your support to help keep it going you can become a when in spain patron we have 43 when in spain patrons at the moment and i'm hoping to hit 50 um, before christmas Uh, so we just need seven more patrons and you may be asking yourself what is a patron well a patron is someone who signs up to make small monthly donations via the crowdfunding website called patreon.com patreon.com forward slash when in Spain is the place to head to if you would like to show your support for this podcast. Uh, as I said, we have 43 uh, patrons at the moment, uh, making small monthly donations. And uh, well, you can become a patron for as little as $1 a month. $1 a month, uh, $12 a year. On a sliding scale, you can make donations uh, up to 2 etc. $3, 5 10, et cetera, dollars a month, depending how much you enjoy this podcast or if it has any Any value to you if you find it uh, uh, insightful, informative, or indeed just entertaining if you're a Spain fan, please, please consider becoming a When in Spain patron and signing up to make a small donation each month to help me cover my costs in putting the podcast together and indeed to uh, cover uh, my time as well. As I've mentioned before, I'm an independent content creator. It's a kind of passion project of mine that I like to put together for fellow Spain fans. So I don't have the backing of any big advertisers or uh, any any uh, media organizations. It's just me, my time, my microphone, and, uh, and that's about it, really. So please do consider uh, making a small donation, uh, especially if you've been a long-time listener and you've maybe followed this podcast right from the beginning and you've had, I don't know, 50, 52, 53 episodes for free, and I have no plans to put When in Spain behind a paywall or anything like that. The episodes will always be free. But if you have uh, enjoyed the podcast for the last one and a half years now, uh, and you haven't become a patron, please at least consider becoming a patron. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get into the interview with Valentina Rafoni. She is the founder and community manager, as, uh, as I said, of Eat Out Madrid, uh, Eat Out Barcelona and Eat in Madrid, three incredibly popular Facebook groups for food lovers and restaurant fans to share their opinions and their photos of food and restaurants all around the Spanish capital. And as I said, um, it has been rolled out now in Barcelona too. So we met up on a a very chilly um, Madrid morning in a, a small cafe called Café de la Luz, Valentina, thanks so much for joining the When in Spain podcast this chilly Friday morning. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's, it's great to be here. Um, it's a little bit early for me. Like We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit, but um, I've had my breakfast and I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah, we've just uh, had, well, had a pan con tomate, the breakfast of champions in Spain, one of my favorites. I actually had a, a croissant. With some jam, which is probably
1: a bit—I don't know if that's
0: very Spanish or not. Really, it's not a typical Spanish breakfast. Probably what you had is a bit more typical.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not really a breakfast person. Um, I tend to favour more sleep than breakfast. <laughs> but um, pan con tomate and tortilla, if. I have breakfast this is my go-to, go-to thing um, and just set you up for the day. I know breakfast is the most important meal, but sometimes the sleep is just more important.
0: I totally agree. I'm not really a morning person. But anyway, we're not really here to talk specifically about breakfast. Um, we're here to talk about food. And we're here to talk specifically about your project, which you've started, called Eat Out Madrid. And well, you've also started a few spin-off projects from that as well. But um, Valentina, first of all, tell us what it is that you've created. What is Eat out madrid
1: so eat out madrid is a online community we are on facebook um, and it's a community of food lovers uh, english speaking predominantly but we don't uh, exclude anyone doesn't speak english i Unfortunately, don't speak Spanish very well, so that's the language I speak in. Um, And it's an area for people to um, get recommendations for places to go and eat um, and share their favourites. And I uh, started it three years ago. Actually, before I moved here, I started it.
0: Oh, I didn't realise that. So you started it, and you're originally from...
1: I'm from the UK, I'm from near London in Kent, if anyone knows that.
0: Otherwise known as the Garden of England, right? The
1: Garden of England, because it rains all the time and everything's green, um, <laughs> which is great. But uh,
0: I, I see, I, so you set up Eat Out Madrid before you'd even moved here.
1: Yes, and I actually oh. wasn't even, I wasn't living in the UK when I set it up.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I was living in Abu Dhabi in the UAE. Um, and actually, it, Eat Out Madrid is a, is a spin-off of a similar group that they had there uh, called um, Best Bites Abu Dhabi and that has thousands and thousands of members. Um, and I just, I came to visit Madrid before we moved here and I just saw the amount of places that I could potentially eat and drink. And I'm like, how am I gonna know which ones are the right places to go and eat at? And I really don't want to waste my money on eating bad food. So um, I decided that this was something that need, needed I needed to help me um, because when you're hungry and you're walking down one of the small streets in Madrid, you tend to go into the first place you see, and more often than not, it's not great. So um, that was kind of my inspiration to start. And three years later, and five thousand seven hundred people are now part of this community, and it's great. Like the, the community is all about members. Without the members, there there would be it would just be me. <laughs> um, but just I don't know everything
0: Eating your way around Madrid I mean there are a lot of places to eat in Madrid right so you've got 5,000 and something members in the group and so really it's a place for people to share their personal recommendations of places where they have eaten. is mm-hmm. that how it works?
1: That's how it works we do um, encourage people to be positive because my my thinking is there's no sense in coming in and being negative about a place because no one wants to go to a place that's not good um also within the community there are people that own restaurants here in madrid or are starting up projects and i've always said if you have a problem uh, at a restaurant or a cafe speak to them There's no sense in coming into the community and complaining when none of us can help you. Um, So um, some people see the community as a little bit strict, um, but with there being so many Facebook communities about Madrid on Facebook, um, I felt like there was a niche that I needed to kind of fit towards. So... um, We don't allow any links in the group, for example, because I really want to focus on people recommending places they've been to, sharing pictures, people asking for recommendations, and that way it's easier for people to find um, things in the group without having to scroll too much um, all the way back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess really... um, Personal recommendations are the best recommendations. It's better than maybe eating any promoted content. Or, I mean, yeah, like you said, there are a lot of food blogs about Spain, about Madrid, in, in fact, aren't there? There are a lot. But I think uh, they are only really from one person's point of view, and you don't necessarily always know what their connection with. The establishment might be um but i think that's a, that's a great idea that you're just using you know everyday people who've eaten in these these various restaurants cafes bars whatever it might be to give a, a genuine honest appraisal of the food there um do you have any idea more or less how many restaurants have been reviewed in the group because i mean there are a lot of restaurants in madrid i mean i i, I, I don't know if you know do you know do, have you got any have you done any research that? told you how many restaurants there are inside the m30
1: i don't have any kind of numbers all i know is that in in facebook groups there is a recommendation section so every time someone puts the at symbol before a a name of a place it will tag the place and their page if they have one Um, i was going through it the other day and there must be at least about five thousand recommendations um from people over the three years um, and obviously people are recommending new places every day and people in comments are recommending so it's really actually hard to keep up with how how many there are um, all I know is that people are recommending every hour um, which is which is great to see and also there's more restaurants which we'll talk about in a bit that are opening every day like the questions I sometimes have is like is there too many restaurants in Madrid I mean clearly there isn't if there's more people opening Uh, it's just that every corner there's a new place opening and like can you get around to them all I I don't know I think the project
0: that you're doing is a fantastic idea because um since I've been living in Madrid what I what I've done is I've used Google Maps and each place I've gone to that I've liked or each place that I've heard about or that's been recommended to me I've saved on my Google Maps with a little yellow star or a uh, there's, now on Google Maps you can have different categories and you can save them so I've got about I think 15 categories on my Google Maps and well if I showed you now on my Google Maps it's just a sea of stars I mean you can't really even see the city for the places that have been recommended and I think half of them I've never been to yet but like you said there are so many places it's quite hard to remember somewhere that you think oh w- I want to try that place and then time passes and you completely forget about it or a recommendation um, I'm guilty of kind of going back to the places that I know too much and maybe not being um, adventurous enough to sort of give a new place uh, a chance.
1: No, I I completely agree with you. There are definitely my go-to places. Sometimes you... I'm very up for trying new foods and new experiences and I actually do go out and review restaurants, um, but sometimes you don't want to have that stress of not knowing what you may or may not get. Um, there's some places that I always go to. I love, I love pasta. People who know me, like my name is very Italian. My granddad's Italian, but I don't actually speak any Italian. But I do love pasta, so that's my connection. Um, I can literally eat pasta every day.
0: You've got pasta in the jeans.
1: Pasta, pasta, all the time. Um, so they are <laughs> my go-to pasta places. Um, and yeah, it's you think oh, I really want to try something new today, but then you, you just end up going to this place just because you you know what, what you're getting. yeah um, But, yeah, there is there is so many places. And an, another thing to mention is, you know, it costs money to go and eat out in these places. Like, I'm not made of money. Like, I love food. Um, but there's definitely times when I, I can't go out and afford to go and eat. And I know for a lot of people, um, you may only eat out once a month or some people once a week. So it really does depend Um but the fact that there's so many options here in the, in the city makes it good for almost most uh, all nationalities. Um, it's a very international um, city. Um,
0: I, w- I was going to ask you that actually. Yeah, do you um, compare uh, compared to other big cities that you've been to, mm. either in Spain or in uh, other countries? Do you think the food scene in Madrid is is, is pretty cosmopolitan? You can find something really to cater for for anyone in terms of uh, foods from different countries or vegetarian, vegan, that kind of thing
1: yeah I think that there's almost something for everyone Um, there is one thing I feel that it lacks and that is is genuine British food
0: ah yeah well we'll come on to that a a bit later in the podcast I definitely want to talk about that with you um, about British food in in Madrid (laughs) but before that what I wanted to ask you you were saying that you there are new places opening you know almost daily in the city Since you've been in Madrid, have you noticed uh, the food scene evolving in any particular way? Um, We know that there are, all over the city, these little everyday old-school restaurants and bars that you sometimes wonder how on earth do they manage to continue keep going alongside lots and lots of new restaurants that may be catering to uh, less traditional tastes.
1: I've noticed in, in the city, which is where we are now, I don't live in the city, I kind of live on the outskirts, but I feel like in the city there is far more choice and there's, I feel, feel like there's a lot more... Uh, more I guess fusion restaurants are opening different concepts where people try and do things differently obviously social media plays a huge part now in promotion of places having pictures that are instagramable restaurants are are finding quirky things that are going to get people there to take pictures because you know pictures paint a thousand words um so I feel like they're, they're a trend in like trying to get yourself out there and seen is something that people that are opening restaurants are really thinking about but again there are still those little bars that are like on every street corner and it always wonders to me like how do they keep going with all these new places opening but they're still open so they must be doing well i guess when i walk past when there's no one in there it's just a (laughs) quiet moment for them but um, yeah
0: that's right it's quite a common scene isn't it? you walk past these bars and i guess it does depend on the time of day and you see two 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 old abuelos (laughs) propped up against the bar drinking a little canyon you think how how does that pay the bills (laughs) yeah you have a facebook group eat out madrid but you say you also um, have a group called eat in madrid before we talk about that though you're also in the process of getting eat out into other cities around spain is that right you're uh, in the process of uh, creating an eat out barcelona group
1: that's right um, I decided that it was time to maybe branch out to other cities and obviously it's difficult when you're not in the city because um, you, you're unable to kind of start conversations and, and post pictures of places you've been to if you've never actually kind of been there I mean I have been to Barcelona of course but I've not been there long enough to to enjoy the, the food and, and take pictures so I do have some friends in different cities and I decided the next city that we would try would be Barcelona so and that now has 40 people which is, is good and uh, yeah hopefully that's going to get bigger with with promotion Um Anyone that has got a Facebook community and knows about promotion knows that it's really hard work to get people to know about you and you have to put in the hours of going into other groups and sharing and commenting and doing all sorts of things um, to get people to find out because I know there's people out there that love food as much as I do and go out and eat and take pictures of their food and want to share it with others.
0: Presumably, I guess, it's something you could roll out to many more cities around Spain. I guess Madrid and Barcelona are kind of Barcelona as the obvious choice. Also very well known as a kind of food capital in Spain and I think in some respects it, some people say it has a better reputation than Madrid. More maybe high-end dining perhaps, I don't know. Let's talk about Eat In Madrid. Mm-hmm. So this, this uh, follows the same kind of template, uh, the concept, what we're talking about. What are we talking about?
1: So we're talking about people who like to eat in. Um, so that's people who like to cook at home. Whether you are... Um, uh, an amateur chef or you just like to cook or you are not very good at cooking and you want to get better. Um, basically it got to a point in, in Eat Out Madrid where I realized that we were having conversations on both eating out and things to do with eating in and I thought you know what I think it's time to separate these because I think they should be separated. Um, I created the, the group actually maybe a year after I, I created Eat At Madrid but didn't really do much with it just because of time and then I decided to relaunch it a couple of months ago actually um, with Zota and Andrea from Experience Madrid and they are helping me kind of get that up and running. We're now over 800 people and it's basically um, an area for people to talk about um, recipes um, at home, how to cook certain things, where to get ingredients is a huge topic um, because We've got so many different nationalities, um, and they're missing food from home. So they want to cook it at home, but finding different ingredients, what does this translate to? Where can I buy this? I worked out there's like 15 different supermarkets that you can buy things from, and they all have different things. I mean, I don't know about you, but I shop in like three of them to get different things each week, um, because not every supermarket has the same stuff.
0: Yeah, that's true. There isn't really a supermarket. There's like a one-stop shop, <laughs> so to speak, for everything. You're right. I think that's a really good idea, because I think that's certainly something that's, that's definitely true for me, definitely for, true for uh, other non-Spanish friends that I have here living in, in Madrid. And it's something that I've read about on numerous blogs or threads. People are always asking, hey, where can I, does anyone know where I can buy... I don't know Branston pickle, or does anyone know where I can get a really good cheddar cheese? (laughs) You know that's being super super English, Mm. but not just English. You know, um, all nationalities, like you said. So I think that's a a, a fantastic resource. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, yeah, it's great, and we people are sharing there. We've got weekly wins. What's in your fridge? Like just so people can see how other people are um, eating at home, because we can't afford to eat out all the time. I can't, Um, and a lot of the times you do have to eat eat. Home and how can how can we make that kind of restaurant quality food at home? I mean, I'm not talking about fancy things, just things that taste good. You know, like there's no there's no point in eating bad food, whether it's at home or out.
0: Life's too long to eat to eat bad food, and I think it's true because when you first arrive in any country that's foreign to you, um, supermarkets are always quite an intriguing place. To, to visit at first when you get used to your local supermarkets and the shops. And there's the products. I mean, I remember when I first moved to Spain, I was absolutely amazed by the range of tinned seafood products that you just wouldn't see back home. And the, obviously the the jamón, uh, other things that... Um, uh, pickled goods that there seem to be loads and loads of things in jars and tins whereas in the uk not so much anymore but It's always an interesting uh, experience those first few weeks in a foreign country exploring supermarkets but it can be a bit yeah frustrating when you want to make a, ho- a recipe that reminds you of home and you can't find the ingredients you need
1: yeah, no, definitely. Like even now, after three years, I'm, I still go into the supermarkets. For me, like it's the milk. Like we're obviously in the UK, we're used to fresh milk, and I still buy fresh milk. I mean, I, I don't drink that much, but like it amazes me the, the amount of choice of the UHT milk and how much milk people buy. I'm like, what are you doing? Like with the milk, like what are you using it for? Um, obviously, the hamon. Like that was. <coughs> I mean, when you've not been around that before, and the smell at first. It's really like I'm not sure if I like this um, I've always thought that maybe one Christmas we could get ham on with the stand but I'm like how well, are we gonna how are we gonna eat all of that like it, it will go on forever um, So yeah I'm, I'm constantly learning every day of new things I like oh I didn't realise I did this oh that's what this is in Spanish um, because you know Google Translate is great but it's not always accurate. Um, in translating. Luckily, my husband's Spanish-speaking, so he helps me out a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm very lucky I can go back to the UK, so I do go and do a big food <laughs> shop. Um, actually, some of this year we drove to Gibraltar from here oh, wow. seven cool. hours, just so I could go to Morrison's. Um, Stop. Morrison's
0: is a, a UK supermarket for anyone who's listening in other countries. It's a well-known UK supermarket, Morrison's, yeah. They have a Morrison's down in Gibraltar. Well, I suppose they would. There are some places in Madrid where you can get sort of American and in British products that I've noticed, particularly in El Corte Inglés, in their kind of supermarket section, which is pretty expensive but um, you can find more unusual international products there. There was a chain of, a chain of shops around Madrid. I think there are about four of them, five of them maybe, called something America. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, oh, um, an Ameri- it's a store oh, which stocks American... Oh, my God. It's
1: the word America is in the name.
0: Yeah, the word America's in the name. Taste of America. Taste of America, that's it, Taste of America. And they stock a range of, well, American products. Yeah. Uh,
1: some British, uh, a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Deals is obviously a, a go-to place. I mean, they don't have everything that they have. If you're looking for Capri's chocolate, or if you're looking for tea, or hot chocolate, or, I don't know, some sweets, candies from the UK... Uh, There was Sabores and Mondo, but I think that's closed down now. I think it has, yeah. Um, But yeah, some of the major supermarkets, like Big Calafours, they do sometimes have the international section. Although the one that I go to, they kind of move the international section and put all the things next to the, in the different aisles of the store. So now you have to like really go and look for it.
0: Oh, I says they haven't grouped everything together in one international aisle. It's all just put wherever the given product would normally be, I see. Staying with the theme of things that we're used to eating. Before we started recording this podcast, we were chatting, and Valentina, you said that you would love to one day open up a restaurant serving roast dinners. Now, roast dinners are a typical Sunday lunch in the UK. Is it hard to find authentic English-British food from your experience here in in Madrid?
1: Um, Short answer to that is yes. Um, It's very common for restaurants here to cater to the Spanish taste, um, which is understandable. They make up most of their customers, um, which means sometimes in all cuisines that the authentic taste of whatever it is isn't always the same as what you would get from the country um in particular i found being british um i miss the food from home and i want to go out and, and eat that because i can't always make it at home i don't actually have an oven at home so for a roast dinner for example um that's pretty crucial um, so I, i've always for those that are listening that know of a place called toby carvery it's a a roast dinner restaurant that does roast dinners every single day um, buffet style, you go up and you, you pile your plate like a mountain, and you cover it in gravy. Um, I've spoken to a lot of people in the community and just people that I know, and people are missing this. And I think that's a huge opportunity. Now, although it seems like a great idea, opening a restaurant is a whole other ball game. Like it's not just like I want to open a restaurant and tomorrow we yeah. have roast dinners. Um, I wouldn't be able to cook it first of all <laughs> uh, because as much as I like cooking it never tastes the way it should um, so yeah I would love to do that um, just so I can get my fix because um, those who know about roast dinners it's a traditional Sunday thing um, no matter whether it's rain or shine it's roast dinner on a Sunday um, so yeah that would be a dream of mine it's a very distant dream but uh yeah that would be if i had to choose a place to open that would be it would have other english um dishes on there specifically desserts like i love trifle i love Mm. apple pie or apple crumble custard like i like people there's different types of custard depending what country you're from but bird's eye custard out of the packet is completely fine with me um People who know about custard who are listening will know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know how to describe it. You know, it's
0: it's, it's so funny that you should say that because last Christmas I made a trifle at home from scratch. And I wasn't, um, I was in Madrid last Christmas, but about a couple of weeks before Christmas I did go back to the UK for a few days to see friends and family. And I bought back a great big tub of birds powdered custard. And um, I think what else? I brought some other bits and pieces as well, but you're right, custard is a big deal for for when you want those warming, comforting puddings, doused in custard.
1: Custard with any any dessert. Well, not any dessert, but most desserts. Bananas, like, that's a simple thing. Banana and custard, that's what I used to have (laughs) at school. And, like, I've actually got custard at home just chop up a banana and throw it in it sounds really strange but it's so good
0: it's delicious and the other thing i bought back i just remembered what it was um was like paxo stuffing mix to make the little stuffing balls to go with uh, turkey. We normally have it with with turkey at Christmas in the UK. Um, I just made them and ate them on their own. I think I ate them with some chicken one day. (laughs) And uh, also brought back a tub of Bisto gravy, which I find quite difficult to get here. So custard gravy gravy, quite a big deal back in the UK, right?
1: Oh, very big deal. Like That's that's what I go back and get. I mean, you can get those things here, but it's... It's so expensive So I stock up And in fact I actually have stuffing With every meat
0: Do you really? Yeah Like
1: whether it's beef Or lamb like, <laughs> I, And I love I love eating the stuffing You know You have to make it With the hot water And sometimes you put Like a little knob of butter I eat it Before even cooking it Out of the um, Really? Yeah. So it's
0: like raw <laughs> you, know,
1: you know Some people like to eat The uh, Like Cupcake mix Before Unlike yeah. that But with stuffing
0: Wow <laughs> Going back to Madrid, it's a big question. Some of your favorite places that you enjoy eating out in Madrid, could you give us your top three go-to places, somewhere that you would recommend uh, me or to a friend, or if you had someone coming to visit you, let's say from from back home, and you wanted to take them to experience some really good food here in Madrid, um, where Where would you choose?
1: First place that popped to, to my head, um, is honest screens. um it's got a number of of uh, places here in Madrid but it's one of those places that if, if you're looking for something a little bit healthier something that's got a bit more color um that's the place to go um they cater for people eating meat or you can be vegetarian or they do have, I believe, some vegan options. Mm. Um, I just love the, the vibe of, of, the, of the place. Um, again, they've got different places around Madrid, so no matter where you are, there's kind, kind of one near you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that place. Um, just because it's green, we're, we, we were speaking about earlier about vegetables.
0: Well, yeah, we'll come on to that in a minute, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so that's that's something I I like, and it's good for taking pictures. Um, I've got multiple Instagram accounts, and obviously, I like to post a lot of pictures in the community. So, um, and I, I love going there and trying. They have different. Um, Sides you can add. They have different things depending on the season, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, as I said, I'm a big pasta lover, so there is um, a place actually near to where I live called um, A Fenestia, which is a small Italian um, trattoria, I guess. Yeah. Um, we go there um, sometimes for lunch, sometimes for dinner, and they do the best spaghetti bolognese Uh I have I've learned to make it at home so it's very difficult to compare my one from home to (laughs) other places just
0: tell us the name again
1: um Afanasteia
0: and and what neighborhood is that in
1: that's in (laughs) Hortoleva so if you're talking about metros because I use the metro quite a lot Mardi Cristal where there's a big colorful it's it's there um not open on Mondays I always forget that Ah, and I go there on a Monday and like yeah and I'm like, ah! Oh.
0: Can't get my pasta fixed today.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I do love Indian food. Again, being British, we seem to be brought up. Of maybe. course.
0: I mean, it's our national, national dish more or less now, isn't it? Curry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> A lot of people here in Madrid have said they've struggled to find the, like, the Indian food that's <laughs> British. Um, many people have said that they, those who love spicy food find it hard. Um, I'm not a big lover of spicy, mm. but I don't like a little bit of spice, but um, the Maharaj um, on uh, Calle Ave Maria, 18, because there's two of them with the same name on the same ah, street.
0: Calle Ave Maria, number 18, yeah. the Maharaj. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of that place and I haven't tried it, and i just reiter- reiterate what you were saying. I love curry, and I'm, I'm a big spicy food fan, and I, yeah, I struggle. I'm... I often find myself a bit disappointed with numerous uh, Indian or Bangladeshi restaurants to go to. And I say, but can you make it spicy? But can you make it like I'm, I'm British and we're used to it being pretty spicy? Yeah, 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 no problem. When it comes out, not spicy. I'm like, Bit disappointing it's hard to get spicy food a good spicy curry in, in Madrid I think yeah
1: yeah I mean I guess I'm, I'm I'm a chicken korma kind of girl so that's not really a <laughs> not spicy issue, no yeah. it's not an issue but we've been going there for so long and like the the owners there they see us they hug us like it's just it's really nice to be welcomed into a place um, we don't actually know each other's names but I don't think that really matters <laughs> like we just go there we know what we're getting they're friendly um And, yeah, again, it's one of those places we were talking earlier that there's places that I go back to time and time again. As much as I love to try new places, sometimes you just want to um, go somewhere because you know what you're getting. Absolutely.
0: Um, Absolutely right. Um, Anywhere that you would choose, I don't know if you have a sweet tooth or not, I do, but if you were wanting a, a sugar binge, anywhere that does anything particularly delicious... Cakes, sweets, pastries, ice cream—I don't
1: know. Yes, I am a big, big, big sugar freak. Um, I—I'm um, trying to actually give up sugar because I rely on it a lot. <laughs> me, I've actually given—I've given up like soft drinks, as in Coke, Sprite, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm actually ten weeks alcohol-free at the moment.
0: Congratulations! Fantastic. Um,
1: I'm, I'm why so, is that? I'm running a half marathon in two days.
0: Well very best of luck with a half marathon
1: and then as soon as that half marathon is finished i am having a drink um <laughs> but no sweet tooth yes um i love donuts mm. i mean i love any type of desserts really chocolate anything but um donuts in particular as long as they're, they're good donuts and um the place i found is actually a vegan donut place and i'm not vegan oh, um yeah. but this donut place like you cannot tell the difference between the way they taste of a regular donut and a vegan donut.
0: Is that the place up in Malasani up near Conde Duque and Malasanya. No, it's no. not
1: that one. That one is uh, delish. It's not delish. Uh-huh. This one is Halo um, Art- Artisans? Halo Artisan's It's uh-huh. in the Gatsby. Ah, it's in the uh, Yeah, and um, I went there on Valentine's Day by myself and ate three donuts. <laughs> um, they are so good. Every time I mean the Gatsby for me is a little bit far, so when I do go I bring back a batch. Um, and they just they're just so good. They're so fresh and um.
0: Valentino, you you mentioned this place called Honest Greens, a good place to get green food, obviously. Um when we were chatting just before we started recording this, we were kind of saying that, you know, in your everyday Spanish restaurants, um it's Quite hard to find a lot of vegetables and salads, right? Quite often it's a lot of potato and meat and that kind of thing. Um, is it something that surprises you, or you find you struggle with a little bit sometimes? For me, I do. I think
1: it did surprise me at the beginning. I mean, now I've got got used to it, but there's still a point where you know, if I want to order maybe a steak and potatoes, I would like a side of vegetables whether it be broccoli or something carrots yeah Yeah, anything but they don't Mm -hmm. have that option if they do have a salad it's usually um, lettuce tomato onion and tuna is what I've been finding which you know I I don't eat fish actually so um, tuna is not something I would want to eat plus I don't always want a salad like in the UK we usually have like meat and two veg kind of thing and Sometimes, sometimes I just want to eat vegetables and nothing else. But yeah, that's why I like only greens because I feel like yeah. they do have the, the vegetable component, and yeah. not many places have side dishes of vegetables or vegetables that come with the main main dish.
0: It is true, and I've definitely mentioned this for the listeners who've been following the podcast for a long time. I've talked about this numerous times. I think in the, you go into a you go into a sort of your everyday Spanish restaurant, and on the wall they might have like photos of the sort of like have twelve plates that you could order and all of them more or less are kind of brown and yellow because it's just sort of meat various types of meat potato or maybe some fried fish or seafood and potato and the, the greenery will be maybe a little handful of um padron peppers for your greenery and yeah you're right for me i find it it's still quite surprising that you don't get like a you know like you said your protein your meat your carbohydrates your potatoes and then your, your veg mm. green or carrots or something. it yeah um, are there any other kind of things that you struggle with or find uh, you know um, well different to eating culture back in the UK
1: I think for me the, one of the big things that I think I struggle with still now and I'm not sure if I'll ever really get used to it is the dining times and like lunch being later and longer and dinner being later and smaller um, I've still really not got used to that. I mean, I don't work in, in an environment where I have a long lunch and I work like a night until five or whatever the timings of work here is. Um, menu del Día for me is, is a struggle because I don't really... I don't want to eat that much at lunchtime. Um, and I don't I don't really know how people do it. Like, how do they go back to work after? Like, feeling very... like I would feel so lethargic that I just would want to... Cro- go into a ball and like go to sleep um so yeah that's been difficult and like being here in madrid i do a lot of different things i always sometimes get i miss the lunch slot i guess so come maybe five o'clock i might just be having my lunch and if you are living out of the city which i do a lot of places they close after the lunch and don't reopen till dinner so if you want something to eat out, you will struggle to find that in, in specific parts. I mean, in in the, in the city, there's a lot of places that are open all day long. Um, but yeah, that that's that's been difficult when you go in. That oh, sorry, kitchen's closed. Like, yeah, oh, I'm hungry. Um, which means that I should be making more food at home. But sometimes you like when you're at home so much, you, you just want to get out and and see different places. I
0: completely agree with you. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it's something that I've mentioned a lot in you know, I think in other past episodes. It was one of my 16 culture shocks that I struggled to get used to. I did a podcast about this I think last year. I got, a bit, I got quite a bit of stick actually about sort of criticising the Spanish meal times and people saying, oh well you know if you move to Spain you should just have to adapt and that's true you should, I guess you do have to kind of adapt to these things but it doesn't mean it's not hard to do and you know after, for me, 30 plus years of eating at you know certain times it kind of gets ingrained in your in your body clock really and it's it's hard to to suddenly change that and eat at these different times and eat bigger meals in the middle of the day and uh, anyway yeah yeah one last thing is there any particular style of food that uh, seems to be more popular in the Eat Out um, Madrid group. Are there any, when you, when you look at the feed and you look at the comments and people asking for recommendations, have you noticed any trends lately that people are really interested in or uh, a particular type of food that people are, are trying to seek out? The reason I ask that is one thing I've noticed in the last six months, maybe a bit longer. Um, is the kind of explosion of the arepa in Madrid, which is the Venezuelan kind of. It's made. What's it made from? It's like made corn from flour. corn flour. It's like a corn flour bit like uh how can you explain it it's,
1: it's, it's almost uh, my, my husband's actually from Venezuela so um it's something that he loves I don't particularly like it um, they're
0: quite stodgy aren't they
1: it, it, it's it's the dough I, I for me the dough doesn't taste like much and a lot of people say but it's about what you put in it which it makes sense um I just am not a big fan of it but it's kind of like a, a way I would describe it and I apologize to anyone if I'm getting this wrong but the way I see it is like a Venezuelan sandwich. Yeah. Um, which you would then stuff with, you know, some people for breakfast put ham and cheese in it or they put, like, chicken and avocado or shredded meat in it. Um, but, yeah, it's huge. I mean, there are obviously a lot of Venezuelan people here in, in Madrid and um, because of that, there are a lot of Venezuelan restaurants, um, which, for my husband, he's in, like, in in love with it. Um, <laughs> so he's, he's catered down to a T. But in terms of in the community, like... Vegan and vegetarian has always been a hot topic. I think a lot of people are rethinking their, their uh, eating choices. Some people have recently turned to into, into, into being vegan. Mm. Some people are just trying to give up uh, meat for a certain amount of time. But it's, in the past, I feel like vegan was very hard to find. But now there seems to be a lot more place catering for that. So people are always looking for the newest places. Um, Indian is a big um a big uh, topic where people are looking for the spicy places um what else Italian seems to be um, a big I mean, really, a big thing yeah. yeah people are always looking for the best pizza in Madrid I mean who doesn't love pizza um pasta like in, I mean Italian food I feel like is one of those cuisines that is not loved by everyone but it's one it's up there at like the
0: it's popular, well known I mean, isn't yeah. it yeah
1: in general like there's it, there's so many different topics that come up in the community it's amazing with how well the, the, the community has grown and that people are actively asking other members for recommendations, maybe people are coming in from out of town. They're coming to visit. Where can I take them to experience um, great tapas, uh, great Spanish food? Because you know, mm. we, we d- I haven't actually talked about it on this podcast yet, but we're in Spain and
0: the, the emphasis has been on mm. international food yeah. in Madrid. But of course, I mean Spanish food. Is, I, I love Spanish food, and there are you know loads of fantastic options for eating traditional Spanish cuisine in Spain or, or in Madrid or, and more modern Spanish cuisine and of course the kind of classic question that people always talk about on a visit tapas where can I go for good tapas yeah
1: yeah no I mean obviously being the capital city of Spain there's going to be places that are catered for tourists where things aren't as uh, I guess authentic as they should be um and again, if you're in the middle of Seoul and you're hungry, you go to one of the first places that you see, and so, and that's what I what I wanted with this community is for people to find the the really good places that other people had been to and would recommend, because, as you said, like. The restaurants can promote themselves. I know the TripAdvisor's out there, but you just don't know who is writing or promoting these places. People take very good pictures, professional pictures, which are great. I want people to take their own pictures of what it really looks like when they go. Um, so yeah, like I mean, I I I love Spanish food. Apart from the fish, which I know a lot of people are probably thinking right now, oh, you don't eat fish. Um, I've never eaten fish.
0: Um. A lot of British people, we're not big into seafood and fish, are we? A lot of my British friends like Ooh, fish, or they might, you know, they might stretch to tuna. And uh, it's funny because my girlfriend uh, Karina, she's always saying, "I don't understand it. You, you, you live, you're from an island surrounded by water, and no, no British people really seem to be particularly fans of seafood or fish." I said, "I know, it's bizarre."
1: Yeah, I do I don't know what it is. I think it stems from me being a kid going out food shopping with my dad and the smell of the fish counter in the supermarket is just and the look of it, like fish don't look nice, let's be honest. And they don't they don't smell nice and so after that I'm like I just I just don't wanna. Like, don't bring it near me. Like my husband has it when we go out and I have something else. Yeah. But yeah, it's not something that i have Everyone's try it, I don't intend to really try it, I know that some fish can taste great you enjoy that yeah. I, Fair
0: enough, it's not for you, you, no. you don't like it Valentina, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you thanks so much for joining When In Spain Podcast and um, good luck with your marathon in two days
1: Thank you, yes, I'm uh, excited but also very scared because um, I've not really trained that properly for it, but you know if I make it to the end, I make it to the end. It's not about it's not about winning, it's about taking part.
0: <laughs> you would have uh, earned a decent glass of wine or beer after that.
1: Oh yes, for sure.
0: Just before we go, um, for the listeners of the podcast, where can they find information uh, and indeed the Facebook group for Eat Out Madrid or any other information that they need?
1: So uh, for Facebook, all you need to do is type into the search "eat out Madrid" or "eat in Madrid" or if you're in Barcelona, uh, "eat out Barcelona," and just request to join. There are a few um, pending questions you need to answer. I will check those out, check your answers, and and let you in. We also have an Instagram at Eat Out Madrid, um, where I post, uh, well, repost um, people's food pictures. So if you are having a food Instagram account, please tag Eat Out Madrid, and I will reshare that so that we can get your uh pictures out there because i've tried taking good pictures of food and it is hard work so if you've got good pictures i want them um and yeah i hope to see you in one of the communities we do have um monthly events that we organize to try and get people meeting in person and yeah um i hope that the the groups can help you um find great places to eat in madrid or barcelona and if you're joining eat in madrid hope that it's a good platform for you to talk about how to become um, a better cook at home or find the ingredients that you're looking for to make things that you've been struggling to in the past
0: valentina thanks so much for your time thank you So that was Valentina. I wonder how the half marathon went. Obviously since recording and broadcasting this episode Valentina did the half marathon um, and I haven't uh, heard from her as to how it went. Valentina if you're listening to this episode uh, do let us know how the uh, how the half marathon went for you and I hope you managed to enjoy that uh, beer or large glass of wine which you quite rightly deserved. If you would like to check out Eat Out Madrid all you need to do it's super simple like any Facebook group. Head to facebook and search eat out madrid it's all separate words eat out madrid and the same for eat in madrid and for the barcelona group just search eat out barcelona a real mine of information if you're visiting madrid if you're coming to live in madrid or indeed if you're already in madrid and you'd like to check out a new restaurant somewhere that you haven't been before go and visit and sign up and become a member of the uh, eat out madrid group (music) So that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you found it uh, informative and uh, useful if you're new to the podcast and maybe you uh, were not aware that there is uh, a When in Spain Facebook group also so feel free to join up to the When in Spain Facebook group Uh, it's completely free and uh, well we've got a a friendly and active community of Spain fans like minded people um, and it's a place for you to share any questions about anything Spain related so feel free to ask questions to me in the group to fellow uh, When in Spain group members you can post anything uh, related to Spain, news articles, photography, things like that, things that uh, people will be interested in. And speaking of photography, When in Spain also has an Instagram account where I try to post on a fairly regular basis uh, photos from around Madrid and uh, and Spain. You can find When in Spain on Twitter as well if you'd like to tweet me, if that's your mode of communication, although I don't really use it that much. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, as I always say, uh, directly uh, with any specific questions, Questions about Spain, maybe you're planning a trip here, uh, maybe you're thinking of moving here, uh, maybe you have some feedback about the podcast or any ideas for future episodes or anything like that, uh, you can contact me directly on the When in Spain uh, email address, which is when in Spain1 at Outlook.com. WhenINSPAIN1 at Outlook.com. Um, feel free to get in touch with me there. So just before I go, don't forget uh, what I said about becoming a Wednesday Patreon. If you feel you can spare one or two dollars or more a month to help support uh, this podcast, like many, many uh, podcasts and certainly podcasts that I listen to um, are not always uh, sponsored or uh, have advertisers or indeed backed by large media organizations. Some of the best podcasts that I listen to are independent, uh, made by independent content creators like me. I know we always sort of think that, well, if it's on the internet, it's for free. But as I said, uh, it's uh, time, effort and expense. Um, And if I could offset that by uh, getting some new patron members to sign up, making small donations, that would be fantastic and if you're not in a position to sign up and become a patron there are some other things you can do which really help uh, the podcast and that is to hit the subscribe button on the platform uh, where you listen to the show Uh, that helps push uh, when in Spain up the podcast charts Uh, the other thing you could do is leave a review takes 30 seconds just to put great podcast or really enjoy it or anything at all or even you don't even have to write anything you can just hit the stars so you can give it a maybe a four or five star review would be great uh, to show other people that it's worth listening to if indeed that you if indeed you think it is worth listening to Uh, so a review or a uh, a star rating all helps And lastly, uh, tell anyone else who you think might enjoy the podcast. Tell them about it. Share share the podcast with them. If you know anyone who uh, you think is interested in Spain and Spanish culture or or who is maybe planning a trip or a holiday uh, to Spain, let them know tell them about the When in Spain podcast it's available on all of the usual uh, podcast platforms but maybe you uh, know someone who's interested in Spain but not very tech savvy and you're thinking oh wow well, they probably don't know how to download podcast apps and all that kind of thing doesn't matter you can stream it you can stream it on Spotify you can stream it directly from the When in Spain uh, webpage uh, just google When in Spain and you can just stream it directly off the internet ok so you don't uh, don't worry about me to have a podcast app to listen. I quite often get people saying, "Oh, well I don't really know what a podcast is or I don't know how to download it or any of this." Just Google when in Spain, you will find it uh, at the top of the Google search results, uh, search results and uh, you'll be able to, you'll find links where you can just stream it directly from the internet. Enjoy your Halloween evening wherever you are. I'm going to head off to work and uh, I look forward to speaking to you again very very soon in the next episode of When in Spain. Until then, hasta luego.